Alright fighters, are you ready for the newest and greatest fighting game on the market? Well get ready, because I'm about to introduce you to the Dub Talk Podcast. So before you get on your bikes and ride though, before you hit your swords up and pull your wings out, there's a few little warnings that you've got to know. Warning number one, the Dub Talk Podcast contains foul language, so listener discretion is advised. Earmuffs, kids. Warning number two, the Dub Talk Podcast contains spoilers for any and all anime, including Sword Art on the- I mean, Lockera- I mean, uh, Excel World. Yeah, I've got database in my head, and it's not going away, man. It's not Log Horizon. <laughs> so, you better finish all those anime. Listener discretion is advised. And warning number three. The opinions within are those of the original participants only and do not express the views of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. It's not everybody's problem, kids. It's just our problem. So are you ready? You got your dukes up? Come on now. Let's uh hit that button and get ready to brain burst. Yeah! Hello and welcome to Dom Talk, where a group of gamers come together to win at the FCG and occasionally talk about English dogs for anime. I'm Jet, and I'm joined tonight by Gigi. Guys, it's another Patreon episode, so guess who's doing a show? Because uh, uh. all I do is Patreon episodes. <laughs> and Hardy. Man, I keep getting logged off the server. You need to check your HDMI cables. That's the wrong cable, but you know what I'm saying. I bought one of these things. Stay logged in. Bought one of these multi-taps from Amazon. (laughs) Alexa, (laughs) keep Hardy on the server. (laughs) Yep, and uh, we're here tonight for a very special episode. That's right, it's time for another Patreon request. Where one of our lovely patrons uh, gets to participate in a seasonal raffle where we pick the show with whoever uh, won. Uh, This time around, our winner was Anthony Brown, and the series we're covering tonight is the 2012 anime from Sunrise and Rocky Kawahara of Sword Art Online fame or infamy, depending on your point of view. Excel World! Uh, boy, it has been a many a year since I've seen the show. Yeah, it's hard to believe the show is already a decade old. I watched this while it was airing. Like, that's how long it's Same. been since Excel World was a thing. <laughs> Wait a minute, did you say that the Sword Art Online person did this? Uh, uh yeah. Like the director, the writer of the light novels? Uh, or? Like, uh, yeah, like the writer of the light novels, same person. Oh my god, everything makes so much more sense <laughs> so, now. Uh, specifically, he, specifically, it's like he did, uh, specifically, it's like he did Sword Art Online when he was a teenager, which explains everything wrong with Sword Art Online. And then he did this when he was like, you know, a proper writer and everything, which is why this has less problems than that does. <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> I love I love this trash pile. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Excel World, uh, here's a description for me and uh, In 2046, people can access a virtual network known as a neural linker via their cell phone terminals. A perpetual victim of bullying, middle school student Haruyuki spends his time absorbing games in a corner of his local network. One day, he is approached by the most famous girl in his school, Kiryuki Hime. She gives him a strange program called Brain Burst that has a power to accelerate the world. So, uh, yeah, uh, basically, sort of online, but fighting game instead of, like, really bad MMO. And, um, I guess more stuff to do in the real world, and it's actually only one game and not, like, five, which is appreciated. Did you read the light novels? Uh, for this? No. Yeah. Man, I started those, and they they are hard to get through. I loved Excel World back in the day. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I fucking ate that shit up. Like, when it was airing weekly, I, like, watched it all until it got to the second season, and then, you know, I got busy with life. And so I, like, marathoned the entire second season once it was up on Hulu. Yes, it was up on Hulu. It's still up on Hulu. And I was like, oh, my God, the second season is so much better than the first season. Cause I'm weird. Um, but if you guys don't, I don't suggest you do this by any means, but if you're on my YouTube channel and you go back to some of my videos before I moved, uh, in the background of them, I sit right in front of a Kuro Yuke Hime wall scroll. So you can see the butterfly wings behind me. And that's how much I like Excel World. That's cool. (laughs) Although watching it for the first time after like eight years or something, uh, definitely didn't hit as hard as it did when I watched it the first time. Uh, yeah, uh, for me, uh, yeah, uh, for me, I still enjoy it. There are things that haven't aged particularly great, and then there are other elements that I actually uh, kind of like more the second time around, which surprised me a bit. I only, in preparation for this episode, I only really watched a few key episodes to remind me of the vocal performances. But uh, back when I the episodes that I did watch, I still think really held up pretty well. So, I do need to go back and do a full rewatch of it again. And I still need to watch the movie. Yeah, I never watched the movie either. I bought it. Mm, same here. I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Like, I was going to because I did still really like it so world. But then I heard the movie was like half a recap and then half of it is like material from much further than light novels and the anime I did, so I didn't read light novels, so, uh, yeah, that wasn't gonna work for me. Yeah, I bought, like, six of them. I think I maybe read the first one, but I, like, as most things that I do, I ran out of time, and now they're stuck in my storage unit, so who knows when I'll ever pick the light novels back up again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but uh, as any rate, as always, we are here to talk about the dub for Excel World. And as with any dub, you need a voice director and a scriptwriter, who in this case happen to be the same person. Uh, that person being Juan Chrissy Reed, who has uh, directed dubs for such shows as Dorara Season 1, Lagrade Safar Renee, Persona for the Animation, and Vampire Night. Also, for all you Western animation... Wait, 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 wait. 
I'm sorry. Did did someone just say vampire night? Uh, yes. Ah, oh, the trash. Continue. I'll be in my own little world for about the next 30 uh, seconds. Yeah, uh, what's also going to mention for all you, like, Western database people out there, he is also uh, does ADR for Rick and Morty. So, there's that too. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, but, uh, yeah. As uh, far as everything on that end goes, I think this is, uh, held up fairly well, I would say. Uh, like, I know back in the day, a lot of Chrissy Reed's stuff was pretty hit or miss for me. Uh, but this was one of the ones that I thought hit pretty well for the most part. That would explain uh, the penchant for cuss words now that you mention <laughs> Rick and Morty. <laughs> because, yeah, this dub can get pretty obscene with certain characters. Uh, so, oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, there are a surprising amount of F-bombs in this dub, which you would not expect for this kind of show, but hey, it works. Yeah, it definitely like, threw me off watching it because I don't think I ever watched it dubbed. I think I only watched it subtitled. And I was like, I don't think this happened in the in the sub, especially since there's tons of curse words in it. But like they'll censor when somebody flips somebody off. Like the mosaic pattern is over the hand. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Did you hear what just came out of this dude's mouth? Like, did you hear it? That might have been a situation of Viz never getting the home video masters or something like that. Uh, that was an issue with um, one of their other shows too, which had some boobs in it and they never... I mean, okay, okay, I mean honestly, given, honestly, given it was a pixelated figure, it's more likely it was just a joke and they did have the home video masters. Well, that's possible. Mm, I don't know. I watched this like half on Hulu, half on Funimation, because I still keep my Funimation subscription hidden in my back pocket. Please don't take it away, Funimation. I mean, Crunchyroll, our new orange overlords um i don't know guys i don't think i have the same fondness for this as you do because i thought the writing was all over the place like it just it couldn't keep a consistent tone for me which i mean parts of it like i could get because it's a different completely different character completely different person like you want to match them to what they how they would speak and everything but those though all the cursing like really threw me for a loop and i'm not saying that that was bad because it was actually highly entertaining but some of it just seemed really out of place like i'm gonna bring this up there's like two episodes in the second half that are quote unquote the beach episodes which is basically um if you haven't seen it before for most of the second half kuroyuke hime is on a school trip and so she's like at the beach on, you know, in, I don't know, Okinawa or something. Don't ask me where she is. But I call them the beach episodes because she doesn't appear for most of the whole season except for these two episodes. And I don't know what was going on with them, but the girls who she meets in this epi- these episodes, they don't speak oh, it's, words it's, uh, that... Oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, how... Help me out, please. Uh, yeah, I think the thing is that they're supposed to be speaking like a bunch of Okinawan swag specifically or something to that effect. And I guess there wasn't a good way to translate that. So all of it just got left as is, which 
feels pretty jarring, honestly. I mean, she put the word fuckface in there. Like, we couldn't write something else, like, to just, oh my god, the dogs. I hope you guys can't hear that, but there are literally dogs howling in the courtyard right by my window. Fancy. Um, I don't know. Like, there had to be a better way to write that. It was just so out of place to the point where, like, number one, the captions couldn't tell me what they were saying. And number two, like, I couldn't understand any of the words that they were saying. Like, it just didn't translate well. And, like, the girls called uh, Kuroyukehime Nene. And I was like, I know where that's coming from. But if you just put this, like, to 2012 me, who wasn't all versed in the anime, I'd be like, why are they calling this girl Nene? Like, what is the what is the significance of that? Like, I think there was stuff that needed to be set up, which they're obviously calling her like slang for a big sister in Japanese, if case you were wondering. But it just it it didn't mesh well with me. Like those two episodes felt so out of place with everything else that it just it never meshed with me. And I, I don't know. I think that the direction was kind of tough in parts that it was hard to tell between the fan service and the feelings. There's a couple of scenes in particular, like there's one, well, there's a bunch of scenes where Haru has to um, cable link with the girls. And like, they're very fan servicey scenes. Like one of them, him and Chiyu are like on a bed and the cord is really short. And it's hard to like differentiate in the direction. Like, is this being sold for emotion or is this being sold for fan service and if you've seen it you kind of know what i'm talking about but it's just there's a very weird line that's being tread there and i was like how am i supposed to feel yeah i mean okay to be fair i would not necessarily blame that on the dub that is kind of a problem with the material i i kind of felt the same way watching that in japanese it was like yeah it's it's really weird it's weird. It's weird. Um, I will I will give her props, though. I did think that a lot of the boys were cast really well in here. The girls are... We'll get to them when we talk about them, but I didn't, I didn't feel like anything was, like, super exciting for me to listen to. I don't know. Like, now that you said Vampire Night, a lot of this makes more sense to me. <laughs> We won't get into what I feel about the Vampire Night dub. I'm pretty, I have a pretty good idea. I've heard nothing but terrible things about that. Uh, I did a, I did a, one of my other podcasts on Vampire Night where I think I talked extensively about it. So I'm not going to rehash that, but it's just, I don't know. Like it, it held up in ways, but to me it was very, it, it, it didn't hold up in a lot of ways. Like there, I know it was like 10 years ago. There's always room for improvement. But the one thing I did want to point out is that you can definitely hear the growth in a lot of voice actors who are in this from this anime to what they're doing now. Like you can tell that like, this is maybe where things weren't all, you know, I'm this amazing, super powerful voice actor, superhero. And like, now they're like, oh yes, like this is where you are, like on the top of the pedestal. So I guess we'll talk about it more as we go through, but maybe I'm the only person who feels this way. This seems to be happening to me a lot when I record episodes. Oh, no, 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 you're cool. Uh, Did you have anything you want to add, Hardy? 
No, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, I have to go back and rewatch it again, but, um, as far as my revisiting goes, I think it's held up pretty well. One thing that did kind of throw me off, um, but I think it, it might be fitting is a lot of the gamer speak, as to say. There's a character who we won't be covering tonight, but she responds with a lot of, what is the word, um, like, she says GJ for good uh, job. Oh, I missed that entirely. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, she knows you a lot of, like, short heads and stuff. Yeah, like, she would be the type of person who would say LOL out loud. So, But, I mean, it makes sense in this regard because they are literally <laughs> playing a video game. So, I mean, that's just, I, it kind of threw me off, but, I mean, it's, I can live with it. See, and I don't even remember that. So it's funny that some things hit some people in one way and then in other people, like, completely differently. Yeah, that's the fun of podcasting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's the fun of having me on your episode. Anyway, it's a 10-year-old dub. It could be worse than it is, but I think it, in general, it's pretty, it's held up fairly well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have, like, too many problems, um, on the technical aspect revisiting this. Again, aside from, like, just like with the Okinawa episodes, that was just, like, could have been a better way to translate that. Um, it's just weird. Guys, just go watch those two episodes. They're completely out of context. You don't even need to know anything. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those episodes are weird in general. Apparently they were, like, bonus material for, like whatever the white novels were covering, so it does make sense that they are like completely disconnected from everything else that's going on anyway. But yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> the plot for those episodes are really weird too, so yeah. Which one? I said the plot for those episodes are also kinda weird, but Yeah, I didn't get it. It was just like kind of like filler, but not interesting filler. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at any rate, we should probably uh, get to the characters, and uh, in this case, we're going to actually keep the uh, cast fairly concise for this one, and we're going to go through uh, most of the key characters. So, uh, writing down the list, we have Ash Roller, uh, Fuku, a.k.a. Skyraker, uh, Shizunomi, a.k.a. Dust Taker, uh, Yuriko, aka Scarlet Rain. Uh, Chiyu, aka Lime Bell. Uh, Taku, aka Sidepile. Kuroyuki Hime, uh, aka Black Lotus. Okay, and then lastly, uh, Haruki, aka Silver Crow. So, uh, so, uh, so running them down. Uh, Ash Roller is a crude biker dude who is Haru's first opponent in the accelerated world and somehow manages to suck around as a recurring side character and which is great because uh he swears a lot and he's also the better death gun <laughs> uh skyraker is ash roller's guardian who decides to teach haru how to use incarnation so he can learn how to fly again after he has his wings taken away by nomi as uh, she was also a member of kuriki hime's legion the 
And their friendship apparently fell apart when she got too obsessed with uh, being able to fly. And then Ed Seijinobi is a first year student at Howard School who's revealed to be a birth linker. He tries to blackmail Hari when she would do being a servant so he can steal birth points from them. And uh, his avatar is called Death Taker and has the power to steal special moves and abilities from other players, including Hara's wigs. Uh, he's and he's also the, the single most punchable first uh, first year imaginable. Yeah, like, literally just like the single <laughs> most punchable middle schooler you will ever be. Just so punchable. And then, uh, and then Yudiko is uh, she is originally introduced as a sweet little girl who claims to be one of Haru's distant relatives, who's just you know coming over to his house for a visit and you know make some cookies and everything. Uh, in reality, however, she's a foul-mouthed gamer girl who swears like a sailor and is revealed to be the current Red King with her avatar Scarlet Rain, having the best long-range firepower in the accelerated world. And frankly, next to Ash Roller, she's basically the best character in this show. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Okay, that's where that's fair. Okay, and then uh, Chiu is the childhood friend of Haru and Taku, who is dating the latter when the series starts out and is worried about all the bullying Haru faces at school. Uh, when Haru and Taku kind of admit they got into a pretty heated fight, she takes an interest in Brain Burst and the Accelerated World in order to teach these dumb boys how to enjoy a video game without letting them without letting it rule their lives. And uh, her avatar is Lyba, which is one of the few avatars in Brain Burst with the power to heal. And this causes a whole lot of drama in the back half when Nobi tries to use it for his own ends and uh, it's a pretty uh, messy thing. And then next we have uh, Taku, who is Haru's childhood friend and his boyfriend, as we mentioned before. He seems to be a well-put-together kendo star, but is also a birth leaker called Cyan Pyle, who's been trying to challenge Kuroyuki Hime to a duel since he's very low on points, and secretly resents Haru for constantly making Chi worry about him. But, you know, uh, once the three of them kind of work all that out, he reforms and... Uh, Basically becomes a total bro and helps Haru in learning more about Brain Burst. Mm. Best wingman. Ah, yes. Ah, yes, very. Mm. And then getting into our leads, uh, we have Kuroyuki Hime, the student council vice president and the most popular girl in Haru's middle school. One day, she gives Haru a sudden invitation to meet her in the cafeteria and decides to give Haru a copy of Brain Burst before taking on the role of his mentor and guardian. Uh, within the accelerated world, she's one of the six kings, Black Lotus, and is being hunted down by the other kings for breaking for breaking the truce between them in order to reach level ten and be the creator of Brain Burst. And then lastly, Haru is a bully middle schooler who spends all his time playing video games so he can avoid how terrible his reality is. And after Kuroyuki Hime gives him a copy of Brain Burst. It takes him out of the pupil. He becomes devoted to her and wants to become her knight and someday reach the end of Brain Burst himself. He may or may also be the good Eric Cartman. Uh, <laughs> He's a little piggy. He's so cute. I hate that you draw any parallel between those characters. <laughs> uh. 
I just want to squish him. <laughs> he baby. <laughs> uh, so, uh, playing Ash Roller is Ben Diskin. Uh, playing Skyraker is Joanna uh, Louise. Uh, playing Dust Taker is Amanda Miller. Uh, playing Chiu is uh, Miss LT. Uh, God, I don't. See it. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce that, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Okay, well, well, it doesn't really matter. This is just an alias. I'm not going to bother if I pronounce this correctly. Taku is... You skipped over Nico. Oh, yeah, my bad. Nico is... Nico is voiced by Sarah Williams. Taku is voiced by Lucid Dodge. Uh, Kariki Hime is voiced by Kira Buckland, and Haru is voiced by Eric Scott Kimmerer. Uh, ben Diskin has played such characters as Zaki Amide in Kirkus Basketball, Joseph Josar in Joseph's yes. Bizarre Adventure Season 1, and as best before, yes. Death Gun in Sorted Online Season 2. Hiwana uh, Louise, you would know by other names, but has played such characters as Kyoko, Natsuki, Yatsuzaki and the Asteroids War, which I just remember exists at all. Uh, Nareen in Violet Evergarden and Ren Hakaway and Maggie the Lever from Magic. Uh, Amanda Miller, his plays as characters as Ibuki Kaiji in Depeleon, uh, Makoto Kino, aka Sailor Jupiter, in the Viz meeting up of Sailor Moon, and, uh, and Boruto Uzumaki in Boruto Naruto's Next Generation. Naruto's son. Ah, uh, so, uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Who's Naruto? Do you mean Boruto's dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, that's great. Just, just checking. Okay, um, Sarah Williams has played such characters as Puck in Bizarre 2016, and Pito in Hunter x Hunter 2011, and Midari Kishiba in Kakegurui. Uh, as for uh, Mattel T. Uh this is the only credit to her name, but uh, as mentioned before, uh, she goes by another name, and uh, I'm pretty sure if you have heard literally any dub from California over the last, like, two decades, you'll be able to tell who this is immediately. Uh, continuing, uh, Lucia Dodds explains such characters as Mahito and Jujutsu Kaisen. Amuro Ray in Mobile Suit God of the Origin, and Waver Velvet in the Fate franchise. Uh, Kira Buckland has played such characters as Minoke Kyoto in Le Grand Zafar for Day, Mary Satome in Kakagurui Twin, Princess Alice Goodrest in The Sleeping Princess of the Demon Castle, and of course, Jolene Kujo in Joseph is Our Adventurous Third Ocean, because I uh, finally get to live the dream. And then lastly, Eric Scott Kimber has played some characters as Hayato Amagiri in the Astros 4, Alibaba Saluja in Magi the Labyrinth of Magic, Taruki Hanazaka in Mob Psycho 100, and Ryuji Takatsu in Toradora. Whew, that's a lot of people. It's, uh, it's yeah. quite a few people. Yeah, uh, so I guess we can probably uh, start with Ben since he is indeed show the leads out of these guys. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but, he, yeah, but he is a lot of fun, though. It's it's always nice whenever Ben Disney gets to be, like, really hammy and uh, 
he definitely got to be very heavy here. It's uh, it's. Dude, that's sorry. Go it's ahead. a kind of competition between him and Nico as to who can drop the most f bombs between them. Oh, oh, extremely. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Never ever thought I've heard I hear the phrase "cum dustler" ever spoken <laughs> in an English dub. No, no. And he had what did he say? Bitch tits or something? I wrote it in the chat. Now I gotta go find it. <laughs> Like in the same ninety second period. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, cum guzzler and bitch tits in the same ninety seconds. Thank you, Ben Diskin, the golden ham to end all golden hams. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's been just having a lot of fun. And this like very gruggy biker dude. And then, and then again, as mentioned before, it's kind of nice that while he is, you know, when it's we just kind of there to be uh, kind of tutorial boss, he does come back later when Haru uh, loses the power to fly and kind of, you know, decides to be a bro and help him out a bit. Like, did this seem very out of place for anyone else? Like, every time Ash Roller spoke, I was so taken aback by anything he said. I'm, you know me. You guys know me. Like, I'm not offended by stuff very easily. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, what? Son, does your mother know that you speak this way? Like, because you're clearly a kid on a motorcycle. Like, who are you? He's probably he's, but, you he's know. probably a 12-year-old on Xbox Live. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. You're right, though. Oh. You're right, though. Oh, probably. <laughs> it's like that scene in the Avengers movie. <laughs> With Fat Thor. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god. No, he, he is the golden ham to end all golden hams here. But he's so much fun. Like, I never knew what Ash Roller was going to say. And he's the one who they censor flicking off people. So I was just kind of like, what is happening? But you know what? In, a, in an anime that's sometimes full of like really uncomfortable drama or just like a bunch of fighting. It really needed the comic relief that Ben provided. And he was so good. He was so good in this. Now, I just like, I'm going to compare this to the, uh, the old dub for Mr. Love Queen's Choice, which I know you guys haven't played, but it was a mobile game near and dear to my heart before all the drama happened. And I had to stop playing it because they were really mean to voice actors. Is this the one where, uh, where uh, they uh, they got mad over Taiwan being a country? Or yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. which and it is, by the way. Just putting that out there. And Lucian Dodge is also in this game. So from from me hearing Ben Diskin's like Super Daddy Victor. To go to this, because I like, other than Kuroko's, which I haven't even gotten to the part where he's in yet, I haven't really heard him in a ton of things, but oh my god, what a what a change. And it's it's been so many years since he recorded this too, so I just like, kudos, my dude. Like, this was hysterical. Oh, I, oh, I am definitely very curious to be reacted when you get to him and Kuroko's. He's, he's real treat there. You know Aomine is my favorite in Kuroko's, right? Uh, that like, does not surprise me. Yeah, not at all. Like, I'm 
yeah, I am. Ooh, it's going to be a, f- a fun time. I'm sure my boyfriend will go hide in the corner when I get to those episodes. <laughs> Beware of the splash zone. Oh, not again. <laughs> Didn't we retire that joke? Can we retire the splash <laughs> zone and the poncho joke? I just realized. I just realized that speaking of like swearing, it's a fun little fact. Ben Disco's Almeida is the one character in the Kurgos dub who almost gets to say the F word. Ah. Man, and this was like TV 14 too, wasn't it? Like this wasn't TVMA. Uh, this dub was the Kurko dub was. Oh wait, no, technically it was for some reason. I don't know why. I guess yeah, it's just weird. because it had. I guess like literally just because it had fan service for like two episodes. I don't know. I don't know. Ash Roller is pretty damn good though. Ben, you do good. You do good work, my dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then moving on to uh, Joanna Louise as Skyraker. I, th- I thought she was a pretty uh, nice uh, presence here. Uh, she had what? Uh, she had like the right energy for this kind of character. Uh, uh, you know, sounding uh, very polite as a kind of like second mentor of sorts. Uh, and, I, and I thought. Go ahead. Uh, you were about to say something. No, no, I, I need to go back and watch the entire show again because I really, this time for this episode, I really only watched the last episode because it had, I watched the first, the first, the second, and the last because they had, they covered all the characters we're covering tonight. Um, And I just seem to remember her being kind of, I don't know kind of off in comparison to the other characters. Maybe that's mainly because she's more soft-spoken than everyone else. Uh, 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 yeah, she is, uh, yeah, she is soft-spoken, in a, soft-spoken in a way that does seem kind of mm-hmm. odd, but uh, I'm, uh, but having heard uh, this actor and a lot of other stuff, I'm pretty sure this is just kind of like how she generally sounds. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, uh, but, I th- uh, but I thought it worked. I thought it worked pretty well here, and I thought uh, I thought this character's whole deal was pretty interesting. Where robo legs, uh, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the whole robo legs thing, and how like her obsession applies because uh, in the real world she has like prosthetic legs and can't walk on her own, and I thought that whole thing was like uh, pretty interesting, and I guess like a pretty good, I guess like a pretty interesting way to parallel, I guess, uh, how her losing his wings during the whole bit, right. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a little bit of a surprise he had a connection to karaoke he made all, but I thought whole that thought that whole thing was also pretty interesting. And it was kind of nice that they got to like make up in the final episode. That was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> you remember when I said I don't know how I feel about the girls in this anime? This is one of them. Like. She's very soft-spoken. I almost kind of felt like it was lifeless. And here's the GG thing. Like, is it an artistic choice or is it just a lifeless performance? I don't know. I'm not going to make that decision. Um, I will say that the the vocal performance did um, 
make me feel a lot of sympathy for this character. Like I just, I don't know, like you kind of wanted to like give her a cup of tea and a hug and a pat on the head and be like, there, there, my little, my little sweetie pie. I'm so sorry about what has happened in your life. But other than like the sympathy factor, uh, she has a lot of long exposition dumps to give. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I was zoning out during a lot of them because just because of like the vocal, the vocal tone. And I, I feel bad. Like, I don't know. It just felt very lifeless to me. And I know that this is a trope in the Japanese performance also. So if they were making it sound like that, then hey, more power to you. But it, it didn't do very much for me other than I wanted to give her a hug and maybe a plushie. Uh, yeah, I really think, uh, I really think like with my familiarity with how she uh, sounded other stuff and uh, how she sounded like another game uh, specifically where I could say what the game is, but uh, if I said it, you would, I'd also be revealing who this person actually is, so I probably shouldn't. I will instead just type it in the chat because I think you have probably played this game before, Judy. Oh, really? I don't play a lot of games, so this is surprising. Okay. Uh, just a second. No, I've never played this game, so that would mean nothing to me. Oh, 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 oh I thought you had played that game. My bad. I played it for like 20 minutes, and I have to play it some more because I never could get into the, the fighting mechanic. Ah. Well, uh. uh. Uh, okay, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that is probably like the most recent thing a lot of people would know for. But uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah but it, uh, generally, I feel like a lot of her performances kind of do the whole um, Ara Ara kind of trope, and I kind of feel like that. Oh yeah. And I kind of feel like that's probably what she was going for here, maybe. But it didn't sound Ara Ara. It just kind of sounded like. Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel bad. I hope it's an artistic choice. It just I didn't. I it felt lifeless. To be fair, she's in a wheelchair. Maybe this was a character choice. I don't know. Uh, Somebody else talk so I can stop feeling bad about uh, so, my opinion. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, uh, we can feel very. I mean, instead of feeling bad, you can feel angry, because, uh, I guess we should talk about Amanda Miller now. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, so, uh, which, uh, yeah, this, I thought this performance was a lot of fun when I heard it a decade ago, and, um, it's so pretty fun now. Uh, because, uh, so, uh because, uh, fun thing, back when I first heard this dub and I heard this performance, uh, this specifically shot Amanda Miller to... My front runner for who I wanted to be Killua in the Hunter Hunter dub because Faze had not yet lights since that show. Really? Yeah. And uh, while she and while she was not casted there, she did get to be Boruto in Boruto, so I guess she got permanent job security either way. Yep. That's interesting. I just wanted to say that as despicable of a character that Seiji Nomi is. He is still by far the, probably the best villain that Kawahara has ever written. Oh, okay. He is by far the least problematic. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that, hey, if nothing else, he does not actually assault anyone. 
right? He doesn't actually assault anyone. He doesn't, and he you can kind of almost sympathize with him because he was bullied into his, into the way he is now, and um, I mean he's just he's just rotten to the core. But he does get his comeuppance and does change for the better. So. But yeah, that's he's so much better than any any uh, sort of online villain. And that, yes, I'm talking Death Gun too. People like to say Death Gun's a good villain. No, not at all. I never got that far. I like tapped out after season one. Yeah, after after season one of Sword Art Online, I learned not to touch the the hot stove. If the stove is red, don't touch it. I'm like, nope, I'm out. So uh, probably a very wise decision. <laughs> I have yeah. also not seen Ateo passing the one. But yeah, I, I just... <laughs> I have watched a few episodes of Gun Gale Online, and I've learned that Sword on Online is much better when Kirito is not in it. Ah, that is a very fair oh. assessment. Mm-hmm. But oh, anyway, I'll get back on Kirito <laughs> when we talk about Haruyuki. But anyways, I loved Amanda's performance in this. She just makes um, Seiji just like this evil little bastard of a kid. And just... If I would actually want to put him on like a top villains list, if someone were to make another one in this day and age, not very high, not at the top, but I wanted to be on it. Man, he, uh, she does a good job of making him sound just so, so very punchable. <laughs> very punchable. <laughs> like, okay, so let's have story time. I remember watching this in the sub and I was terrified of Nomi. I was like, oh my God, he just sounds so menacing and like dripping with evilness. And I just, I couldn't, that's why I watched all of the back half of the show. Like I marathoned it. Cause I just, I had to figure out like what was going on with Nomi. Like why is Nomi such a jerk face like what there's got to be something going on here and there is um but like just how Nomi spoke in the sub made me want to watch the show more I'm not terrified from Amanda's performance here I wasn't kind of scared at all I don't I didn't get Nomi in the dub as as scary but more of just like an asshole bully which is fine because she did a terrific job doing that i just didn't feel like the terror and the menace that like went through me when i watched it in japanese um but she she did such a good job um especially in that last episode where nomi is like screaming and pleading for haru not to to murder him basically and i was like oh that like cuts it cuts really bad um i but i felt i felt no remorse for nomi dying which i guess would be the point there um also when i watched this the first time i was having kind of like an oran high school host club moment where i couldn't tell if nomi i couldn't tell what gender nomi was basically and 
in the Japanese, he's also voiced by a female Seiyu. So I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. Let's no, let's let Nomi be Nomi. Um, and here I got the same vibe. So I know they, they dressed, they dressed Nomi in the boys uniform and everything. And what is, what is the canon here? Cause maybe I'm making up my own head canon, <laughs> but I'm like, Nomi is just Nomi. And Amanda did a good job of portraying them. I just didn't get the same characterization that it felt to me when I watched it in sub. Yeah, yeah. admittedly, it has been a very long time since I watched it in sub, so so I'm more familiar with Amanda's take. But I do, but I do kind of feel like her take. She does kind of go a little less for sounding frightening and more for and more going specifically for the bully angle, uh, but. Nobi basically is a middle school bully, so uh, that angle works extremely well. Uh, he's uh, yeah. Uh, he sounds very much like he likes to be in charge of everything. He thinks he's a big cheese, and Amanda uh, gets that across really well. And uh, pretty much every interaction he has with Haru and uh, pretty much any other character throughout the series, uh, which makes it so 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 very fun when he like finally gets his comeuppance. And I didn't like, and I didn't, and well, it's the kind of last-minute revelation. I didn't think it was pretty interesting that we learned that he is kind of the way he is because he's experienced a lot of bullying. And and again, and again, I mean, it doesn't really excuse anything he's done, but it does kind of make his character more interesting. And I thought that Amanda handled that whole revelation pretty well. Uh, yeah, that was good acting. Yeah, honestly, honestly, we'll get to it later, but, like, I realized upon rewatching the show that, in a lot of ways, it is a really weird anti-bullying PSA. True. I, like, I forgot how it ended, so I was, I was convinced Haru was just gonna let him go. Like, and then when he didn't, and I was just like, whoa, shit, that really freaking happened, like... Had to put, he was like, no, they had to, never again. They had to put my him dude. out of his misery. And I was just like, wow. Oh, it was weird. It was. It was weird. And then when um, he sees Nomi at school the next day, Nomi has no recollection of who this dude even is. And I was just kind of like, okay, all right. But there's there is like one weird continuity point that. I don't know, like, what the guy who's tag teaming with Nomi basically tells them how brain bursts, like, can erase your memories. And then at the end of the episode, they're all talking about, wow, I wonder how brain bursts can actually erase your memories. And I'm like, dude, that dude just told you. Like, were you not listening 20 minutes ago? Like, he, t- he told you how they do it. Maybe it, he was talking about something else, but I was just like, it was right there. Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> like, did you miss it? And I was not like he was talking about something else, but I wasn't totally sure. Also, so, also, uh, hey, brief shout out to Mas- Matt Mercer playing that guy. Uh, cool, he that was, was Matt Mercer. Yeah, that was Matt Mercer. <gasps> Y'all don't forget how much I love Matt Mercer. He was in my top five at one point in time. Uh, I think he has since gotten kicked out, but that's okay. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Amanda, uh, but yeah, Amanda was a really great performance. Uh, really, it's a, uh, really funny, even if the character himself was again just extremely punchable. And then uh, moving on to a character who's not punchable, Sarah Ann Williams as Nico, who 
Again, it's just a lot of fun. What, what do you mean not punchable? I felt that Nico is extremely punchable. In fact, Karaoke Hime actually punched her. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, okay, look, okay, look, I'm a simple person. Like, like, give me every child who swears a lot. It's just, that's, a pr that's just a pretty amazing thing for me. It's supposed to be just the very specific way in which that switch gets flipped. That switch gets flipped is hilarious to me. It's it's the twelve year old on Xbox Live <sighs> only female. Exactly. Oh my god, guys! <laughs> so she was so good when she was crazy and angry, but when it was like lolly time, I was like, no thanks. I was like, I'm gonna peace out with this because I can't, I can't right now. Is not it was not my jam, the little girl voice. To be fair, you have to be a, an extremely good little girl voice to impress me. But the flip was great. Loved the flip. Y'all know I love Sarah Ann Williams. She got a W for me. I just I wrote down yikes. <laughs> yikes, and not everyone can be baby. <laughs> If Nico Yazawa was a gamer, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought her performance was pretty fun here. The Bowie, uh, the Bowie QT stuff is kind of a little uh, weird and that weird and jarring. But once we get like the actual personality, she's like pretty. Yeah, she's pretty fun the entire way through. I do kind of like the weird sense of confidence she has about basically everything. And also, and also the way that she just very explicitly seems to like trolling other characters is a lot of fun. And Sarah Ann Williams is also is pretty much always very good at that sort of thing. And even if this was very early on in her doing that kind of thing, uh, it pretty much explains why uh, that pretty much became her niche. Mm -hmm. And this is just the kind of character she excels at. No pun intended. I was just about to say, ha ha. <laughs> Dorito Show Taco from Taco Bell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I... Yeah. I don't know, fam. Like, this just, it didn't, it didn't... It was... I really enjoy the performance when she gets crazy. Maybe the thing is, is that I really enjoy the acting when the characters kind of drop their fakeness about them. Because it's the same way with a, a bunch of, of characters to me. I just, once they drop the act, the fakeness of whatever it is that they're trying to throw out into the universe, whether it be um, for Haru's benefit or just in general, I think that's where the acting in this excels a lot. Haha, -ha, there's the pun again. Um... Actually, I think it's being spelled incorrectly. But that aside, the the little girl Nico was not my favorite Nico. When she did the flip, that's when I really enjoyed it. Like just when she's being real, Nico Nico being real, man. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, and I do appreciate that she gets like a lot of really. Yeah, she gets a lot of uh, pretty good comedy, like when she. And, so, and, like, when she, like, breaks into Haru's room and, like, finds all his, like, R-rated games, that was pretty funny. 
And it's like literally just hanging out on the couch playing them. And then that's a- That was really creepy. <laughs> she like fucking breaks into his house and is like, I'm your cousin. And he's like, bitch, what? And she's like, let's take a bath together. And he's like, what? What? Like, Come on. It's weird. Uh, These anime are weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, our boy is uh, not the brightest. But, uh, uh, but uh, while she's uh, pretty good at the comedy, I do, I do kind of like that she can also handle the dramatic moments uh, pretty well, too, because... Uh, when, uh, when she's introduced, there is, like, the whole thing where she has to, uh, essentially stop the, uh, uh, stop the person who originally, like, introduced her to Brain Burst and everything. And, so, and, you know, all the, uh, drama that, uh, comes with that, and I thought that Sarah, uh, Sarah handled a lot of that pretty well, and, like, the whole revelation that, hey, like, other characters in this show, she also got bullied a lot of the game because she, like, Apparently grew up in an orphanage and uh, was bullied a lot by the other kids for uh, being very abrasive because that's just who she is, I guess. And, so, and, I, and I thought that whole and I thought that whole angle was pretty interesting, especially uh, especially since um, it seems like in general this show, uh, like SAO, tries to do the whole like uh, real world self versus uh, yourself in the game thing. And uh, I think compared to SAO, this does that whole thing a little better. I guess you can tell that Kawahara sort of improved as a writer from SAO, but maybe not by that much. I I think the two are very similar. And now that I know that they're from the same writer, it, it just, it I know why now. Um, I mean, basically Haru is going to be the insert character for any boy who's reading this <laughs> and is like, Hey fam, I'm a, I'm a little fat kid and I get bullied a lot, but now I have a super hot girlfriend and all these other girls who are climbing all over me. Wow. Just because of a video game of how good I am. If you're good at video games too, you can have super hot girls crawling all over you. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that when we talk to Haru, but there, like there's some stuff about his character that I think does work generally well. <clears throat> and another stuff that is just kind of like, okay, uh, man, I wish this wasn't a light novel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel the same way. We'll talk about it when we get to Haru, but it's now everything is like sort of clicking into place for me. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, I like Sarah a lot. Uh, did you have anything you want to add, Hardy? Uh, no, I, uh, I thought she was hilarious. So, that's really all I have to say. Uh, cool. Uh, then I guess, uh, we can talk about, uh, Michelle as, um, the SU, which, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, C-A. As, 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 again, I'm not going to go into the pronunciation here, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought this was fine. I mean, uh, it's the kind of character she's played a lot in other shows, so... Uh, she's good at that sort of thing in other shows. She was pretty good at it here. Uh, this character was fine, but... Uh, again, but then do I have problems with how this character is just written in general. It's... Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of the whole problem with this show being based off a light novel, and uh, because uh, when she's uh, because when she's introduced as mentioned before, she is 
And she is explicitly dating another character who is not the protagonist, and I thought... And I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, but then... So, and, but then, uh, later on, that does not happen, and there's, like, a whole bunch of weird mixed messaging that kind of feels at odds with what the show is trying to do otherwise. And it's kind of like, you know, you don't have to do this. You do not need every character to be in love with the main character. You just, you can just, you know, not do that, but I guess it doesn't sell light novels. And if the show had a damsel in distress, she'd be the closest thing to it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, a lot of the stuff she has uh, to do in the second half is uh, not it's not particularly great that Mattel does a good job uh, does a pretty good job uh, handling what she gets. Uh, I didn't like, like I didn't think uh, I didn't think that in isolation here she could she had a pretty fun dynamic with uh, Haru and Taku for the most part like and so, uh, whenever it's not the relationship drama, just like the three of them being friends, I thought they had, like, pretty fun chemistry, and uh, they had some pretty funny interactions. Uh, like, uh, I like that whole uh, like that whole scene where they're, like, uh, eating the makeup ice cream. I thought that was pretty funny. And, so, and, so, and, so, and the fact that, like, and the fact that of the three of them, she's the one who kind of, uh, so, who kind of keeps telling them that they shouldn't keep taking this game so seriously. And that angle is kind of like pretty amusing in its own way, uh, but otherwise it's just kind of like uh, yeah, this is a childhood friend character again. Uh, Michelle has played this sort of thing in other shows, and uh, she does it pretty well here. I especially like near the end where, after having been forced to become Nomi's lackey and servant, uh, how she's able she's the one who's able to turn the tables on him, and her whole speech. Like, you know, I played you like a fiddle the whole time. It felt very vindicating to me. Because up until that, she was very meek and timid. It's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then she's like, ha ha, it was me all along. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't like that particular twist. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am all about Chiyu in the second half of this anime and not about Chiyu in the first half of this anime wow when she becomes lime bell it sure sounds really magical doesn't it wow i see what happened there in the future something that i cannot speak about however (laughs) y'all y'all get it it's pretty identical um see in the beginning and this is what i talked about in the first part of this episode it's really hard to gauge the tone of Chiu between the fan service and the drama. Cause this is the part with the very small chord where she's like talking really close to Haru and you could tell it's supposed to be a fan servicey moment, but I think it's supposed to be played seriously. Maybe. I was laughing. Yeah. It felt like I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. It felt like it was supposed to be, it felt like it was supposed to be dramatic, but you know, it's a white novel. So of course you have to have fan service and it's kind of like, again, you could not do that, but I guess it doesn't sell novels. I just like, I really liked Chiu in the back half, but Chiu in the first half was just kind of, 
It, I mean, the performance was fine, but it was nothing to write home about. I think in the second half of the show, that's when the performance ramped up a lot. Maybe because Chiu got to do more things and was more a prevalent part of the actual story as opposed to just being like the, the insert childhood friend character who now has to get with Haru because this is a light novel. But... I, I felt that the performance really grew as the anime went along. And thankfully it did because it made the twist at the end, like so much more satisfying. Oh man. As you were talking, a light bell literally just went off of my brain and I'm kind of amazed. I did not think about it until now. Uh, we'll probably talk about it more when we uh, get to Haru. But I just kind of realized, uh, it's like, uh, he basically has like, it's not the exact, well, obviously he's not the same character as Kirito. Uh, but there is the exact same problem in how, like, his relationship in Kuriki, he made his frame, and, uh, the character lost in a relationship in that. In isolation, it is fine, but man, you do not need all these other girls getting in the way of it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that light bulb. Um, yeah, I keep forgetting that at first it was a harem. Maybe I blocked that out, because... I'm such that, a sap because what is it? Episode seven? Oh, I die. Are we talking about SAO or? Yeah. 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 A harem <laughs> that includes his cousin. Uh, I really did block that out. And you were, and you were much better off for it. Now, now it's here in, in my brain festering forever. Or until I forget about it in about 20 minutes, but you know. Yeah. Just a few shots of vodka will take care of that. Wipe that right out. Oh my god, I haven't had vodka in forever. Mm. I'm, a good, I'm a good girl now. No more box wine. Uh, well, I know. My my brand. My brand. Uh, I'm sure you'll find other girls. <laughs> <laughs> God, now everything just makes so much more sense. Like, I'm just, uh, now I'm really mad about it because he literally did the same thing twice. And it's not like he did the same thing twice with enough differences to make it plausible. Like, they're both light novel series that are, like, huge series. But they're so long. I'm sad. I really did want to finish the light novels after I rewatched this. And now I'm like, forget it. Why should I? As as I mean, uh, I mean, I will say, I mean, I will say this between the two, I would much rather have gotten more so than more so on the line, but alas, we did not live in that timeline. Yeah, I'm sad because it didn't. It really was kind of open ended. Like it didn't end in a good spot for me. I wanted more. Yeah, I'm so uh, good to move on. Yeah. I'm good. Let's talk about the best performance in this entire show. Uh, um, I was going to say that's debatable, but honestly, yeah, Lucian really is good here. <laughs> he is best big bro. He good boy. Yeah, yeah and it's uh, pretty impressive considering that this was like, okay, okay, this wasn't like super, super early in his career because he... Yeah, because he had, like, apparently done, a, done some stuff in New York before coming to L.A., but this was, like, maybe the second or third big thing he did in L.A. 
back as whistle like decently early in his career, but uh yeah, uh, this was pretty impressive. And I think it helps that like he gets to I think out of the entire that yeah, I think frankly out of the entire cast you get to see like the most sides of this character and Evolution gets to portray all of them really well. Uh, like, uh, like in the early episodes, you know, he's like the very nice, polite childhood friend and who's kind of putting on a front and Lucian does a pretty good job of like putting on a front. And then you get to uh, episode five where he drops the mask and like lets out all his resentment and Lucian does a really, really good job just dropping all that resentment. And then, and then, and then the rest of the show, he gets to be like a really chill bro and, uh, Lucha does a really good job just playing the really Joe Burrow angle. It's a lot of fun. Why is this so good? Why? I'm about to say something that I don't think is correct, so I'm going to look it up on my phone while y'all talk because I think I fucked something up in my brain. Yeah, yeah I can see why, um, Jet, you would were lobbying for Lucian Dodge to get a lead role for so long until... What was it? El Malloy finally came around. Um, yep. Because he is really good. But actually, I'll tell you this. This may have been... That may have been his first anime lead role, but he did play the lead role in a video game before this. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like Valkyria Chronicles 4 or something? N- no. He was the voice in Dust and Elysian Tale. Oh, uh, 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 okay. Uh, one of those. I knew, I knew it was an RPG. I just didn't remember. It's not an RPG. It's a Metroidvania. Uh, yeah. But that was back in his indie, indie days. You look at that game's cast and and you can pick out some uh, actors that have gone on to bigger things, but most of it's very, very low-key. Hmm. Yeah. Kira Buckland was in it. Um, let's see here. Chris Guerrero was in it. Oh, wow. That's a shocker. Yeah. It's actually a very good game, too. If you can find it, I think you can get it on Steam, probably. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Good, quick little Metroidvania. So, pl- that's Megalovania. That's oh. difference. Well, are you sure... Yeah. If, now, if you could play Megalovania <laughs> while playing a Metroidvania, then that'd be awesome. <laughs> so please ignore my dumbass who thought Lucian Dodge was in Mr. Love because he's not. Um, the dude in the game is named Lucian, mm. and I'm an asshole. So uh, he's actually played by Bill Rogers because I was like, God, why doesn't he sound like Lucian at all? Because <laughs> he didn't play him. So I'm dumb and just, but Ben Diskin was in Mr. Love. So everyone just keep that in the back of your mind. So that's okay though, because Lucian Dodge does the best job in this anime. Mm. I'm saying it now from, from my voice to God's ears. Uh, Taku has so many levels to him and so many different parts of his character that are revealed to us through voice acting like there's hurt there's pain there's drama there's anger there's revenge there's broing out like there's being the nice guy and and everything and Lucian gets to run the gamut here with the performance for Taku and god 
bless him because he does such a good job like i don't know like this is just my favorite i'm not a big taku person like he's not my favorite character i think he's kind of boring just the character but i thought the performance was really great here i'm not at all mad about it like i can't think of one one terrible thing or even one you know not great thing to say like i really i just really think lucian did such a good job here yeah I mean, and i'm sorry that i thought you were in mr love and you weren't that's my bad because i'm a jerk yeah i mean i do like i mean i do like taco for the most part mostly because like again this is a white novel you bar for that sort of thing as well so it's kind of nice when you get and so it's kind of nice to get a secondary prominent male character who is not explicitly a punching bag like he is for like the span of a single episode, but then he gets better, and they yeah. like and a lot of that actually ties into his character later on, and he showed does a pretty decent job with that, which is again surprising considering this is Kawahara, but uh, yeah, but a lot of Taku's character works uh, pretty well. It's nice you get to see a lot of different facets of him, and again, and again because this show is just one weird anti-bullying PSA for some reason. We find out later on that he too was bullied as a child, and uh, that whole revelation was pretty interesting, and I thought that Lucian handled that scene really well. That was so good. It was so good. My favorite part, this is going to make me sound weird, but my favorite part was when he was all sad, like after he and Chiyu had broken up, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I still love Chiyu, and I was like, oh, God, my heart. I'm like, you get your girl back. You get her. You get her out of that little piggy's arms. He has too many women and not enough arms. I just found the... the Do these women like bacon? I don't know. I just found... The scene I found amusing was when they were talking and all the girls around them thought that they were a couple. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that was great. Taku's good. Taku's great. I love Taku. Ah, uh, yep, 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 he's a real bro. Is it time to talk about the Black Swan Princess? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To which man, it is really funny that they just never reveal what her actual name is. It's Saw something. I they did. <laughs> Isn't it Sayuki? Isn't that the thing? I mean, I mean, it's probably revealed in white novels, but I haven't read them, so I actually don't know what it is. Oh, I can't remember. I don't think I got that far, which is like in the beginning, which is kind of sad. So All we know is that Skyraker calls her Sachan. So Sa would be probably the first syllable of her name. It's probably Sayuki because when she's in the hospital, she's like, it's actually very close to my real name. Mm. Mm, probably. Which anything with Yuki, Yuki means snow. <laughs> Ah, that's a callback. What? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's like the one and only thing I know about the Harvey dub. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. Yeah. I'm thinking of that kid who made snow bunnies in one of the key anime. Uh. And she's like, Yuki! And I'm like, oh, Yuki means snow. Yeah. Thank you for that revelation it, that I will now have in my head forever. Her name is literally Black Snow Princess. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a very uh, interesting performance. Also, like pretty early in Kira's uh, career. This was like her second uh, leading role. Yeah, this was way before. This was way before she absolutely blew up and got the job as as two B in Near Automata. So. Yeah, because I remember this and Lagrange were around the same time, and I think Lagrange was like a little before this one. Because mm-hmm. I remember looking at that and being like, oh, well, I never heard of Kira Buckland, but uh, she sounds pretty good. And then, lo and behold, a, and then, lo and behold, a whole decade later, she's now Jolene. Never let your memes See, be... Is... Always let your memes be dreams. Or let, never let your dreams be memes, I guess. Or let them be both. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is the one that I feel has the most growth as an actor because this this felt kind of standard anime girl here to me like in this dub i wasn't getting anything like super special about the performance and in fact i think it's episode two where she has like this giant exposition dump and i was like i can't remember what's going on here but at the same time like i don't i don't know if i can like listen to it all just to try and make sense without some kind of of subtitle at the bottom. I don't know. But like you take this dub of Kira from 2012, right? 2012, 2014, something like that. And then like to her now as Jolene, which God, if we ever get to talk about that, what, how stellar is that performance? Oh, So you can definitely tell that like, she has so grown and like perfected her craft as a voice actor. It's so nice to be able to hear it. Ah, uh, yeah, her performance and that is a real treat. And uh, I do, listen, uh, I do like this one for the most part. Like you were saying, it is kind of uh, very standard anime girl, but I think it does kind of work in its own way. And I think uh, the way she plans to play the character in and of itself is kind of interesting because uh, Kuroyuki Hime is kind of. Uh, very clearly putting on a very kind of like posh and polite kind of act um like for the way she presents herself to the way she like talks to everyone and uh Kira does a pretty good job of like getting that across even if it does kind of at various points feel a little weird to hear a middle schooler talking like that but at the same time it is kind of uh, there are various points where we kind of see it is if not purely an act there are points where she does kind of maybe Dropped that whole thing a little bit, and I think those are the and I think those are the moments for me where it like really works, uh, like whenever you know she actually like gets flustered for a second or what's that or oh like, yeah some, that's adorable or she has to be like really dramatic. I think Kira uh, gets that across pretty well. Yeah, Hardy, that last episode where she's talking to um, the Skyraker chick, mm-hmm. like I thought that was like the best. Kira acting in the whole show, like top notch. Like I loved that scene mm-hmm. on the the bridge or whatever it was. Mm. Yeah, no, I I understand the issue that people have with the um, info dumps because Kawahara is very bad at that. He will take two characters or more, put them in a cafe, and have them exposition dump for extended periods of time. It does. He does that in all three of his major series. I forget what the last one is called, but he does it in this, he does it in SAO, and he does it in his third one, too. Um, and so, yeah, I can get why it can be kind of a slog 
at times to sit through the exposition dumps. But all in all, I think given the source material, they act out pretty well. And I think, I believe Kira has most of them in the show. The cafe scenes. Yeah, she has a she has a lot. There's a couple that she doesn't have, but she has a lot of the exposition dumping on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh, yeah, there's a lot. But uh, to her credit, she uh, she handles it pretty well for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think for an early Kira Buckland role, it's fine. Yeah, I'd have no problems with it. I even say it's pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I did also. Uh, I did also uh, appreciate. Uh, I upon rewatch, um, uh, specifically a lot of the way she interacts with Haru during the early, uh, uh, during the earliest episodes, where you can tell there is like, where you can tell there is kind of like a clear interest that Haru is not seeing because he's very stupid and. And it, like, and it is kind of interesting. Uh, to, it is kind of interesting seeing a lot of that play off in hindsight, and uh, and it does kind of make the whole like big dramatic scene in episode four where like she protects him from the car crash almost work. As I feel, as I feel like I like the dynamic. I feel like I think the dynamic generally works, but I feel like you know maybe if I had like another episode or two before you jump to this, like maybe work better, but maybe not. Right at episode Why four. didn't she just jump out of the way too? Wouldn't that have been like way better? Save them both. No, she's gonna get hit by a car. Uh, it's a, why? Uh, it's anime. We had to do so. It's anime. They needed something really dramatic for a cliffhanger, I guess. Why Truck Coon got to show up everywhere? Uh, why is he? Why does he think he's the star? Truck Coon, you need to slow your roll. Okay, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, she, I mean, she survived, so Truck Coon didn't win this round. It was it Car Coon instead. It was a Car Coon. Yes. <laughs> Truck Coon's little brother. Onichan. <laughs> uh, Onichan, don't hurt my senpai. Uh, I'm making up my own anime now. Screw this. <laughs> But yeah, I do think uh, she has like a pretty uh, good chemistry with Eric's uh, performance as Haru, and it does, it does, it does make their, it does make a lot of their dynamic pretty fun and cute at points. Again, again, I do wish it was just the two of them and not like a bunch of other girls. But again, light novel, I wish it wasn't. Man, as a young single girl, I definitely self-inserted myself into Haru, and I was like, oh. If only, like, somebody's that cool and that, like, beautiful would, like, love me. I bought it. I bought that romance. That's funny, because I actually think it is, like, slightly less wish-fulfilling now than I did the first time I watched it. And so, like, the first time I watched it, it's like, okay, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, of course, you know, like, gamer dude, like, gets beautiful girlfriends and all that, like, and so, like, like, it is kind of cute, but it does feel, like, very, like, that's feel like very uh, witch fulfilling. And once I get down, it's like, oh no, and, and then once I get down, and like, you know, having, and having a bunch of like nerdy friends with uh, girlfriends. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, no, it's like, oh yeah, no, I can totally buy it. She's interested in him, and he's just like not too stupid to realize it. Again, <laughs> again, it would work a lot better if there were not a whole bunch of other girls making that whole equation uh, weirder than it needs to be, but, uh, 
alas, uh, it's that kind of show, unfortunately. We tried for like maybe two episodes. We tried, fam. So, yeah, I guess it's time to talk about the man of the hour. My little piggy, he's so cute. I just want to eat him. Not literally. So cute, little piggy. You need a, a squishy have... doll. Uh, oh, yeah. I have one sitting right next to me. Maybe I should use it. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, the big avatar is very cute. Y'all, Haru had it rough, man. Uh, like, not only did he have it rough, I think that just voice acting him was a rough time. Because Eric had to play the protagonist, but then he also had to be really whiny. Um, but he, and then he had to grow into his character too. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt that he had a lot of growth and like, you can hear in his voice the way his confidence grows as Haru from episode one where, you know, he's just a loner kid playing squash or whatever he's playing by himself. Um, and then the last episode where he's slicing up Nomi, like it's nobody's business, mm-hmm. you know, you can hear it in the performance, the way that he's growing up and being more confident in himself and in his relationships with other people. Um, but my favorite part, and I don't really get what happened here cause I was only half paying attention to it, but he had some kind of like chip in him and the chip like made him I don't know if it was like do bad things, but made him like a little more aggressive. And then he was cursing, and I was like, "This is hysterical! Is like, the, this is the best! Uh, like, I'm terrified." I, I, yeah, is I think specifically, yeah, I think specifically, it was like the whole uh, armor thing from the uh, second arc with uh, Nico. Apparently, like I guess uh, Haru accidentally downloaded that, and uh, that might be possessing him. So, uh, yeah, I is that when that was? Is that when he started having all the crazy dreams about, like, possessing Haruyuki as an object and not letting anyone else have her? Uh, Oh, yeah. 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 That was crazy. Like, that performance in those parts was so good. Like, he was, like, cursing. I don't remember what he said, but I know he said fuck. And I was like, Eric, my dude, what did you do to my sweet little pig? Yeah, he, like, turned into this feral hog and, and, like, pinned Kuroyuki's... Kuryuki Hime's butterfly avatar with the pins to the wall and it was all like dark. Oh, it was crazy. It was dark. I was like, ooh, that was some good acting. Mm-hmm. That made me, that was good. Yeah. Now what I can appreciate from Eric's uh, performance and I'm going to compare this directly to Kawahara's other work is that Eric actually made Haruyuki relatable. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to the GQ model from his other series, um, no offense to Bryce, but Kirito is just such a bland protagonist. I mean, he's handsome. He's, you know, he's capable. He's talented. He, his entire backstory is his parents are dead and he's good at kendo and computers. That's it. That's all that Kirito is. In comparison, Haruyuki is very much feels more human. Like he's fat, he's short, he has flaws, he gets bullied. Um, he didn't. He's not magically good at video games. He's not a genius. 
he had to practice. He got good at video games because that's all he knew to play to help him relieve the stress of his real daily life. And that's how he got good. He wasn't just a prodigy. He that he literally get good at video <laughs> games, which is why he... Yeah. Um, and that's so much more relatable. I think a lot of the reasons why Sword Art Online is the more popular series is because a lot of... Haruyuki is similar to what a lot of gamer fans actually are as opposed yep. to what Kirito is like who they want to be. Exactly. Yeah. And and so I I've actually seen a lot of people get really mad and call Haruyuki a disgusting character because he's a cliche of of actual gamers. Yeah, no, people have like, oh, he's disgusting. He's, he doesn't uh, represent uh, uh, real-life gamers at all. He's like, I'm like, yeah, he kind of does. In a way. And be like, excuse me. Okay, to be fair, that is a slight against Haru. I mean, I mean, uh, say what you will, he does, uh, he does, he basically does, you know, mm. come together enough to actually deal with his problems. So one of these guys would never. Right. Haru bathes. He's good boy. Yeah. But no, that's yeah, just good boy. that's just what I wanted to say is that that's why I I personally prefer this series and this character to Kawahara's other work because I'm I can find it more relatable. So. Oh, so, oh, oh yeah, I, I do too. Oh yeah, I, d- I definitely like Haru way more than Pernatus and Gary do. Mm-hmm. It's just it's oh man, it's sad that people are gonna hate on something that either number one they know they shouldn't be hating on because it's just a self-reflection or mm-hmm. number two, they just don't understand. Like everyone's a person. Like you think you think, you know, the the short fat kid who you bullied in middle school who played Pokemon cards, like, isn't a person? Like, that's terrible. The, here's your anti-bullying PSA. Like, they're going to grow up and they're going to, like, be rich because they have a $100,000 Charizard. What now, my dude? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's sad, like, if, that people will shit on something if they don't, if they think it's not, like, the ideal thing that they should yeah aspire to be i guess yeah a uh, lot of yeah to, uh, uh yeah to which uh, uh to which one thing about the performance i will uh i will break up at the point of praise i mean it uh, the japanese version technically doesn't technically doesn't do this either but uh, uh as uh, as beckon uh once as beckon uh mentioned once before uh during the little one academia episode uh there is a uh, there is an unfortunate, well, not trend, but there is a thing that happens sometimes where you get a really chubby character and then, you know, a voice actor will do like a really annoying, stereotypical fat person voice. Oh, yeah. That's like in Kiss Him, Not Me. That happened. Yeah. And I am uh, very, very, very glad Eric Kimber did not do that here. Same. Oh, that would have ruined the whole thing if they would have played it off for comedy. Dude, the fat people don't always have to be funny all the time. I mean, I know I'm hysterical, but I'm joking. I'm joking. Y'all aren't laughing. This is how unhysterical I am. Yeah, but yeah, I'm really glad he just, like, played it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm really glad he just, like, played it normally, and um, it really it really helped the performance, and 
yeah, in general, uh, in general, I just uh, really uh, like performance a lot. Again, Haru is pretty is that is pretty relatable, especially in the way he's kind of like doing with a lot of anxiety early on in the show. I don't think that Eric did a pretty good job of like handling all of that. And then, as with before, like as we get further throughout the show, and he does kind of start building more confidence, and you do see that reflected in a lot of Eric's performance. It's mm-hmm. like especially during the back half of the show where he like starts getting a lot of stuff. Like a lot of accusations thrown at him, and he just kind of has to like do his best to deal with that. And you can kind of hear like the growing confidence in Eric's performance, especially during those moments. And I thought he handled a lot of that really well. I know that this came out a lot earlier, but looking back on it in retrospective, he's sort of like the Deku for video gaming. As answer, the yeah, he does have a pretty decent amount in common with Deku, I would say. Mm-hmm. I hear it. It's, uh, me, it's, uh, okay. Obviously a little more of a white novel protagonist than a two of the protagonists, but yeah, he does have some similarities with Deku. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that video of the guy <laughs> who went to Dragon Ball Super and was like doing his Deku impersonation before the movie? No. Oh my god, it's on TikTok, and you have to find it. All the Dragon Ball fans are super mad about it, and they're like, that's not funny. Bro, you embarrassed yourself. That's so cringe. And I'm like, dude, that dude is good. He sounds just like Justin Briner. In fact, I had to, like, squint. I was like, is that Justin Briner? If you guys find it, it's on Twitter and TikTok. Like, all the Dragon Ball fans are mad about it. They're like, ooh, MHA fans are so cringe. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that's my Dragon Ball fans are mad about literally everything. Dragon Ball fans are mad that the game got rollback netcode, which is, you know, a good thing. So. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I know shit about Dragon Ball, except I like the daddy with the glasses. That's my boy. I think his name is Gohan. Oh, yeah. He's the star Uh, of the movie. Gohan. (laughs) Yeah, he's cute. It's cute. He's like a daddy and he has glasses. He has little hipster glasses. And I was like, I like this guy. And Chris is like, you would. (laughs) (laughs) I know shit about Dragon Ball, guys. My boyfriend took me to see the movie and I'm just like, yep, don't know what's happening. But I like that dude. And then I want to like squeeze the little baby. She's so cute. Yeah, yeah, she was very cute. But look up that TikTok. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> so are we about to wrap things up? Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Um, it was pretty interesting getting to rewatch the show for the first time in a few like, in a few years. I mean, I mean, I always like said uh, when I uh, watched the show compared to SAO that uh, that I definitely preferred it a lot to start it online. And uh, having finally seen all of Sword Online Season 1, uh, yeah, my souls ever prefer this show. Here's something that's really going to jog some of y'all's memory. Um, I originally watched this dub on Neon Alley. Wow. Same, same, uh, same here. So I, had, so I had to wait, watch it on their terms. Because if you remember, Neon Alley is not a... Uh, video on demand or at least it didn't start as one you had to wait until the specific time it was going to air to watch it yeah, yeah man it is really wild to think that neon alley was literally just like maybe seven or eight years ahead Nine. of its time yeah 
Yeah, yeah, it was just a few years ahead of its time because uh, then, like, curated channels became a really popular thing again. Yeah. So literally, that... if it had just come out a few years later, it would have been really popular. Yeah, because isn't Pluto kind of a thing now? Yeah. Oh, I love Pluto. I watch Pluto every day. Pluto is the only way I can watch ugly Americans legally, so... Dude, Diagnosis Murder is on Pluto. There's like old episodes of The Price is Right. Clearly, I'm 65 and don't give a fuck. Oh, man. I mean, there's like, a, the, the Bob Ross channel. There you go. Oh, my God. They have a channel that's entirely Survivor. Uh, Pluto is my shit. The commercials suck. I wonder if I can pay to get rid of the commercials. I don't know if they have a paid option, but I do know they have. They, they do have anime channels on Pluto. Mm-hmm. Lots of them, actually. This is not a paid advertisement for Pluto, by the way. Just Pluto, sponsor me. Hook your girl up. I'll watch Diagnosis Murder and do commentaries on all of them. Because I watch that shit to go to sleep at night. But anyways, uh, on, back on subject is, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, I first watched this back when it came out in 2013, the dub version. Which was about, about nine years ago, I bet. And, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it then. I watched this after I had watched the first season of Sword Art Online. So I'm like, I, and at first I didn't know it was even the same guy. So I'm like, hey, um, I actually don't think this is bad. Kawahara did something good. It's not perfect, but, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I once mistakenly referred to it as a masterpiece. I don't think that that anymore but uh but no it has is it's one of my it's one of my favorite anime not quite top 10 maybe top 20 at this point but i need to go back and rewatch it because i had a good time with it so yeah i have i have very fond nostalgia times thinking about excel worlds because I think I was re-watching it when I first started my YouTube channel. And back then, my YouTube channel was actually me talking about anime. Don't go back and watch those videos. Please. You'll hate yourself. I hate myself. Not really. But you know. It's cringe. It's cringe. Uh, but I, I didn't like it as much watching it now. Maybe it's just because I've become jaded and I do this for a living where I critique things. Um, but I do still really like it. Like the design of Kuroyuke Hime in her butterfly outfit is beautiful. And I'm not a huge robot person. So I'm not, you know, I could care when they were fighting. But I just wanted her to love Haru forever and for them to be cute and hold hands and skip down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that we're not going to get that because the anime ended before the night, the light novels were over. Um, but no, I, I did enjoy watching it again. Like a lot of it took me by surprise, especially since I don't think I had ever heard the dub before. So like all the Ben Diskin parts were a riot. Um, and I, I enjoyed my time. I don't think that like it, it did. It used to be like up in my top two, like for watching it. I've always liked it better than Sword Art Online. I've always said Excel World is the better Sword Art Online. <laughs> um, but uh, would I watch it again? Yeah, but probably like not for another 10 years. <laughs> but it was still really good. And the dub, you know, it holds up in some places. It doesn't hold up in other places. But you have to remember that it was done, you know, almost 10 years ago. 
So you got to you got to give it something for its faults and just go from there and know that uh, Lucian Dodge is the goat. And uh, yeah, I had a good I had a good time. Thank you for having me on this episode, guys. Like it was fun. It was really fun to rewatch this. It wasn't it wasn't a chore like it has been for some of the things that I've watched for dub talk. Also shout out to Anthony for requesting it on Patreon because yeah, yeah. You uh, know, thanks. I, as I, I've been, I've been wanting to do an episode on this show for a while actually, because I've been wanting, wanting an excuse to rewatch it. So, uh, but I got one. Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice? I feel like all the Patreon requests are like right up my alley, which is why all I do basically is Patreon episodes. So shout out to all of you Patreons who pick the coolest stuff and we'll see if I'm on the one for next quarter. You have a good 75% chance that I will be. Yeah, this is a lot of fun and uh, glad I got to do an episode with you guys. It really has been a while. Oh, yeah. It has been a really long time, fam. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I did an episode with you just not too long ago, but that's summer at the movies. It doesn't really count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Well, I haven't talked to you guys in forever, so what's that about? Clearly, you need to slip into my DMs more often. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that uh, more. I guess uh, that more or less um, does it for here. So again, uh, we are the Dumpduck Podcast. You can find us on. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the the dying Edwards and Tumblr, and uh, and uh, new episodes of the podcast go up every Friday on YouTube and as well as uh, other places where you can uh, watch podcasts, um, Podbean, Spotify, all those places. Apple. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you'd like to support anything we do, you can do a one-time donation to our Kofi, or you can be one of our lovely patrons. And uh, before we wrap things up tonight, um, and anybody, quick shout-out to our patrons. And the $5 here, we have Vegas Mom and Dad, Michelle Travis, Nico Robert Yawe has, and Victor Maribona. And then the $10 tier, Anthony Brown, thanks again for letting us do this episode. Uh, Carly Westacow, Crypto Akimba, Jacob Wilson, Aaron Hawkins, Bruce Lenti, and Hako Anthony. Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Except that one guy. He knows what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, uh, you guys have anything you want to plug? Uh, I am Spaceman Hardy. You can find me on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. Uh, I don't really do much other than occasionally make a snarky quip. Or I need to tweet more goat pictures, so... Uh, if you pester me for goat pictures, I will go tweet a goat picture. How about that? More goats, Hardy. Mm-hmm. I can always use more goats. Yes, we could all use more goats. Too many goats. <laughs> <laughs> too many goats. Too many goats. Too many no, goats. No, stop <laughs> it. Too many goats. I really hope that that was one of the things that was casualtied off HBO Max, because then I will never have to watch it again, and my life will be better for it. Uh, we don't talk about HBO Max. 
I just did a whole episode praising HBO Max, and now I have to take all my praise away because they're dickbags. Ooh, I didn't say that. I mean, HBO Max sponsor me. I love Gossip Girl <laughs> like I did last week when I recorded that Gossip Girl ep- I mean, the Bell episode. Anyway, my name is Gigi, also known as Anime Palooza. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Pop Shop Live sometimes, uh, doing whatever, trying to stay stress-free and happy for 2023. That is the goal. Um, I also just recently moved to Texas, so if you know any place in the DFW area that's cool that I should check out, uh, let me know and I will come visit and like do some tweets and pictures about it because apparently I think Twitter is Instagram, which I do not have. <laughs> oh, cool. And uh, as for me, uh, Jet, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Defiantega where I will uh, usually uh, just be talking about anime news, cartoon news, or just whatever's happening. Uh, you can also find me on, a, on another podcast, Podcast ONA, where I'll usually be talking about anime news alongside fellow dub talkers, Andrew. And then, uh, sometimes I write things for Anna. Uh, but, I hope you, do you get paid for that? Uh, yeah, I do. Good. Get that money. You're worth the money, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think that really does more or less wrap it up for tonight. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks again for joining me, guys. Well, thanks for uh, for diving into the virtual world mm-hmm. tonight. I hope your brains aren't burst. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I have no more bad puns. Love your faces. Keep it mailing. Yep. Uh, uh, yep, uh, have a good evening, and until next time, we'll talk to our friends. Yeah,